I'm welcoming Kennedy Warren uh, in the Auckland studio. Hello, Kennedy. Kia ora, uh, kia ora um, Catherine. <laughs> nice well, to let's have you. a look at some of what you have got for us today. Yes. I thought you had done the park, the Pike 29 Memorial Track before. Mm-hmm. No. You it, hadn't. It, it, you must have talked about it opening. <laughs> well, no. I talked about the rest of the Paparoa Track. So the Paparoa right. Track um, comprises the main track, which goes from Blackball to Punakaiki. Um, and then there was this offshoot that... Um, uh, hadn't been opened until just now. So I um, wrote about the construction of the Paparoa track uh, in, in 2018. D- uh, due to some weather in, um, events and slips and bridges getting washed away, the track didn't actually open until 2020. And, um, and uh, so having experienced it in the construction phase, I then walked it on one occasion, cycled it on another um, it's a lovely, lovely track. Uh, it's just, an, of course, a brilliant part of the country, west coast of the South Island. It's historic, um, early gold mining in that area. Of course, coal mining, Black Ball, famous for um, its uh, uh, coal history, its history of uh, labour, um, unions and um, and rights for, for workers. So... Um, it, a brilliant track. We, I walked it with a friend. It was. It rained most of the time, but that merely added to the mystery and grandeur um, of the of the trail. Loved it. Cycled it. It, it, it because it's um, a, a modern track, been built um, by an expert uh, track builder for cycling. The cambers and the um, the. Uh, um, the, the angles of the track um, are, are just perfect, and you can swoop down this um, glorious uh, uh, trail and feel that you're you're just one with the um, with your machine and with the the trail. Well, now the Pike um, Twenty Nine Memorial Track was always um, part of the, uh, the the plan for Paparoa Track. Uh, it, of course, the whole track was there, was was um, um, approved and were proposed and then approved as a memorial to the 29 who lost their lives in the um, uh, Pike River Mine explosion. So the specific um, side trail, which meets up with the main track um, near uh, a new hut called the Moonlight Tops Hut, um, that trail has just been opened and it leads from roughly from the uh, area of the portal of the mine and up through forest into the um, to meet the main trail. So you now have um, options as to how you deal with the uh, Paparoa track. You, can, you could start at Blackball, you could then go down to down the, the, the Pike 29 if you wanted to, or you could start there at the, at the, uh, um, at the portal and, and just meet up and, and do it that way. An extra... Uh, element to this is that the um, family members have always wanted the um, area of the, the portal, particularly the um, headquarters, the uh, mining headquarters. They want to turn that into a museum. When I was there, they spoke of setting it up and stopping the clocks at the exact moment of the uh, explosion and visitors Going into that place would get a sense of what 
transpired and they would be taken back to that moment when um, the methane exploded and the men, uh, the, the, the thing caved in, the men lost their lives. So that, I'm not sure when that um, piece will be open, but that's going to be part of it. So if you, if you cared to, you could, you could uh, drive to the um, White River uh, where the, 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 the Pike 29 memorial starts. You could stop off and pay your respects to the, um, the men. There's this wonderful memorial on the corner of the road there, a lovely space to reflect on the, um, those lives. And, the, and, and um, then you could proceed on, experience this new museum, and then head on up to, uh, to the track. So that's, that's an exciting... Um, development, and I'm very pleased so to see opened, that. So it opened just yes, the last day open. or so, yeah. Yes, and uh, so. was there a, something of a it was a cutting of the ribbon? I can see yes. from RNZ's reporting. <laughs> That's right, yeah. and the, the family the were families. there. And I've, I've quite nice. I like the um, just a little uh, um, aesthetic piece there. That there's an iron rim yes, that you is. go through, so you are actually it, it kind of symbolises the tongue. portal itself. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. So that, that's very nice. Goodness. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, next thing. Um, I noticed, well, okay, on my bookshelf, a, 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 a loved book called For Love of Insects. And I suspect it was for love of insects and possibly a modicum of envy of birds that led the New Zealand Entomological Society to launch a Bug of the Year contest last year. And so this has been running for two years. And the uh, news I just saw on Radio New Zealand's website was that the Bug of the Year for 2024 has been chosen from 20 contenders. It seems we need uh, popularity contests now to focus our attention on the natural world. Uh, All that's all very good if that's uh, what's needed. I'm very pleased to see uh, the... um, the lineup here. Myself, I'm not so keen on using the term bug for all uh, invertebrates. I mean, if they have six in, uh, six legs, they're insects. If they have eight legs, they're spiders and harvestmen. 32 legs in the case of the third place getter this year, Peripetus the velvet worm. Or, of course, no legs at all, at least in the larval stage of the glowworm coming in at number four. I should say that the winner was perhaps not surprisingly one of our most beautiful um, Lepidopterans, the uh, red admiral butterfly. But some of the more obscure insects that garnered several hundred votes have taken my interest, and I thought I'd mention a couple of the, these. Let's start with the Tuatara tick, which um, garnered 390 votes for 15th place. A truly eclectic inclusion. This is uh, Archaeocroton sphenodonti, the only living member of its genus. Its larvae, nymphs and adults all feed exclusively on tuatara blood. And I learned that the ticks can survive for up to a year without a host. So there they are. They live only on, of course, our tuatara, the only, which is itself the only member of an ancient order, the Sphenodontidae. So um, he, that's an unusual and interesting little critter. Um, I have to say I love the story of the Cromwell chafer beetle, which has is also um, uh, come in there as one of the top 20. Now, 
This is a this is a lovely story, and I'm really I'm going to draw on an excellent article in New Zealand Geographic from a few years back. I invite uh, listeners to look it up. Just look, go to nzgeo.com and look up Cromwell Chafer Beetle, and you can read all all about this um, member of the scarab beetle family, about the size of a walnut, uh, and scientists believe. I'm just going to quote a little bit from this story. Scientists believe that Cromwell Chafer's natural range may be one of the smallest known of any animal species, having never exceeded about 500 hectares. Today, the beetle's home range has been greatly reduced to a fraction of that. The construction of the Clyde Dam, the formation of Lake Dunstan, flooded much of their habitat. The expansion of a golf course wiped out one population and land clearing for housing whittled down the available land even further. Cromwell chafer beetles are left with 81 hectares, a triangular slice of grass-strewn sand hemmed in by the road, a forestry block and a motorsport park. Well, why should we care? Well, um, this little beetle, um, their larvae spend several months buried in sand, chewing on tussock roots and developing through several uh, parts of their metamorphosis, instars. Uh, their pupae have never been uh, witnessed, in the, observed in the wild, uh, but they then finally break out into um, adults, which spend their days cocooned in burrows up to half a metre underground, emerging on spring and summer nights to mate and eat scab weeds, um, uh, raulia, uh, la, low-dense plants that formed, cush, uh, formed cushioned mats like moss. Um, I'd, I'm fascinated that there's a group of volunteers who go every year to assess the population. Um, they use a uh, machine to dig soil cores, 672 of them, uh, which they extract, dump on, the, on a... Um, on a canvas mat, and then sift through it, very, very uh, friable, sandy soil, not, not difficult, and look for larvae. Uh, in the year that the New Zealand Geographic story was written, they found one. Well, there's the, uh, the, 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 the chafer beetles. Interesting connection with the Australian redback spider. Well, the uh, chafer beetles live underground, and redbacks, their preferred habitat... Um, to spin a web is an abandoned rabbit burrow. Of course, there are thousands of rabbit burrows. Unfortunately, the um, redback likes to eat chafer beetles, so they've uh, taken matters into. Uh, you know, they've decided. Well, we need to do something, and uh, so I, know, I think you've had um, you've had had this person on the on the radio, Catherine. But um, there's a person who uses trained ferrets to reduce the rabbit population in this area, and thus reduce the opportunity for redbacks to eat chafer beetles. So everything's connected. Everything yeah. is connected, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm still hung up on the difference between a bug and an insect. Mm. And to Papa's website tells me an insect, a bug is an insect in the group Hemiptera. Yes. It must have piercing mouth parts. Cicadas yep. are, spiders aren't. And I was asking whether a, um, whether a butterfly is a bug. It is an insect, I think, isn't it? Yeah, well, I like to... They, they're calling this the bug of the year, but I, that's all right. I, I don't mind. It's sort of... Uh, it's a generic term. It's not the actual term. Well, also, you think of the bug as the sort of the boring little thing, like that poor little chafer thingy. 
Um, <laughs> oh no, well, it's the size of a walnut. You know, I think it's bigger than a bug. Butterflies <laughs> get lots of publicity. Yes. Birds get yeah. lots of publicity. We do not appreciate enough what the beetles. Yes. Or indeed, the Mount Cook flea, a cave wetter, which came in at number 20. Um, Of course, it's not a flea. I mean, people just are very loose with uh, terminology. But there it is, um, a a lovely cave wetter, one of our endemics, um, living in extremely high, you know, altitudes approaching 3,000 metres. They're amazing. uh, Stink bugs we're not fans of. I hope they didn't (laughs) make the top 100. And the bed bugs aren't that great either. Yes, true. Mm. Um, and and one final one, I, I liked the psyllid, which is named Scylla Frodo Bagginsi, because the researchers who, do, do, who discovered and named it were keen on the Lord of the Rings. It's only found in the South Island. A lot of uh, Lord of the Rings was shot in the South Island. Hence, we now have a crit- critter that is Frodo Bagginsi. Bug of the year. There we are. Thank you, Kennedy. Kennedy Warren.